the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. everybody to the USL show. Phil here and I have some special guests. First of all, joining me is Jason Weintraub to help me out with this interview uh, from League One Fun. Jason, how's it going, man? Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. It's good to have you again, man. It's been too long. Um, also returning to the show, Coach Michael Ensian from Tulsa. Oh, FC Tulsa. I almost said Tulsa Roughnecks. That's going to take some getting used to. Michael, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you on. It's it's not uh, the the most exciting thing to talk about. Um, you know, we're going to lead right into uh, the return of Fabian Bastidas to your club after some racial slurs in the uh, previous season last year. Um, he was let go, released by the club last year. And um, I just thought we'd bring you on to have a conversation about the whole thing. I think perhaps a good time to start, a good way to start, is by you giving us the whole story the way that you see it. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, there's always multiple sides, uh, but from all the information that I gathered uh, during the course of the match, um, that was a slight altercation uh, with Fabian and, and the team Harris, whereas uh, Fabian said uh, the N-word, and I don't need to give context to it, but in his opinion or other people's opinion, it wasn't uh, malicious, but that's I think that's the important thing is that's in the, the eye of the receiver, uh, Tiba Harris. If he's insulted by that, then it's derogatory. So uh, that moment happened. Uh, I do know that after the match, Fabian tried to shake hands and, you know, address it, and um None of that was to my attention until after the match when the coach uh, called me and said that one of my players had uh, racially abused one of his. My, my initial reaction uh, as, a, as an African-American coach is, you know, it's impossible for me. You know, um, I, I wouldn't think that some of my, someone from my team um, could, could do that to another player um, because me, for one, as, as one of the few African-American coaches, uh, that would be a direct disrespect to me and and our and a lot of our teammates. Obviously, um, I was told who it was, and and right away I, I was pretty caught off guard, to be honest, because uh, the, the Fabian I know for sure is not. Uh, he's one of, of good character, and he's like kind of the glue uh, that that brings all kind of cultures together. Um, he's a New York Colombian, you know, so he, he he integrates with everyone. You know, sometimes you have little clicks and teams. He's, he's the one that kind of draws everyone in together. Um, but at the same time, uh, the, the incident is the incident. Uh, so I did address it. And then obviously it, it uh, got a lot of momentum. You know, Oklahoma City put out a statement, which is fair. Um, I, for me, honestly, I would have preferred uh, me, Atiba, um, Fabian to sit down and discuss, but it, it didn't end up like that. You know, it, it became like kind of pretty popular. Um, and our club made a decision. You know, uh, it, it's not 
it's it's ugly. You know, the word is ugly, and it, and it brings a lot of negative emotions to everyone, including me. Uh, I would say me as a person uh, in the past, I would have probably reacted even worse than Ativa uh, in the past, just knowing my, myself. So um, from that moment on, um, me and Fabian, even though we released Fabian, we, we kept in contact and um, just how to handle this and how best move forward for him. Uh, uh, you know, given that that label of him being a racist, which I didn't think was fair to him. Yeah, when it first came out, and I don't know if you were quoted before you got more context as to what happened and why he said he didn't have a chance to speak with Fabian, but it was quoted that if there was a derogatory term that he said and the league wanted to serve a five-game suspension, you would absolutely agree with that, and it would you know you wouldn't want to work with that player. And so I'm wondering, you know, between that when you said it and between whether learning the context and learning what happened and speaking to Fabian, what factors kind of changed that to now where you're willing to work with that player again and make it more of an educational and kind of an awareness situation? Yeah, I I think just kind of what I alluded to at the end. I mean, I I think during that process, uh, like I said, for me, my, my reaction probably as a player would have been worse than Atiba. I give him kudos for maintaining, uh, you know, his head and, and playing, finishing the game. You know, uh, that's that's well done for him. I might not have lasted that long, you know, in that situation. So my immediate reaction, even though with Fabian or anyone, uh, it's it's defensive. It's to put up a wall. It's um, you know, how do I separate myself? It's, you know, but what I what I started to learn from that situation, Fabian came to me. And, you know, and I, I had I had to listen, you know, of course, to Fabian. He's, he's my player. And he genuinely brought me in and said, you know, Coach, you know me. You know my heart. You know what I'm about. Uh, and I do, you know. So I was able to at least take a moment and reflect and understand, hey, I, Fabian, I, I know this player. Let, let me listen and hear this out. And he was uh, in that moment, I would say his, his reaction was uh, – he was terrified, you know. He, you know, I think um, he's thinking like I offended this player in this way. This is bad. This my my in terms of uh, moving forward for this. It's not. It's not who I am, you know. Um, basically, and I, my my first reaction was to that is, don't sound defensive, you know, and and you know which brought out okay, I was the same. And so me and him, we were on the opposite. And as we continued the conversation, it was like it became a moment that. You know, uh, I think America needs this also. You know, once people draw their line in the sand, it's like we can't listen. You know, fortunately, I know Fabian, so I was open to having a conversation with him. Uh, but I will say, probably in life, we, we don't allow those situations if we don't if we don't know someone or if, if we don't uh, have a good judge of that character beforehand. Um, but it was a good experience for me to to say, let me listen to this and and how I actually help, you know, this situation. Uh, I was convicted by Fabian coming back to our club. Uh, not only it has nothing to do with him as a player, he is a good player, but he, he doesn't deserve to be labeled throughout his life and not be able to recover from it. So if he was, um, if he was open to going through that process and serving his suspension, and um, and having continued dialogue with me, this to me, this is a person uh, that has remorse and, and has a genuine uh, heart and deserves to be given a, a second opportunity. 
You mentioned he was <clears throat> a little, or you, you mentioned not being defensive about the whole situation. Uh, another weird thing that came out, um, kind of like the quote um, that Jason mentioned before, was that uh, Fabian kind of doubled down on his Instagram. Again, this is online uh, media stuff, but he kind of justified what he did. Um, was that, I don't know if that was before or after your conversations with him, um, but you know that didn't look too good either. So I imagine you guys have talked that out too. How was how was that yeah. developed? That was that was his that was his first reaction. Just like you know the other quote was my first reaction. Mm-hmm. His was it's not me. This is the way I live my life. You know, and uh, as a, as a black man in this country, I, I've. I, I've done this to other people. You know, we know the first thing people say when they're accused of being a racist is, "I have friends, I have family," hmm. uh, and and that further that further drives a line in the sand. Say, okay, this is the this is a template for I'm not a racist kind of thing. So after that, and after me processing that myself, and then uh, seeing him, you know, uh, put those posts out there, I knew for sure um, that wasn't that wasn't a good look for him, and that's when that that relationship with us, the mentoring or that process that started for me. That's when I started having more and more conversations with him about it and what that looks like from my end, um, being an African-American and what typically when we see those kind of things is, uh, it just leads to more conclusions of, uh, you're trying to, you're trying to be, um, you're trying to put up a wall and defend rather than accepting and embracing what happened and, and dealing with it. And uh, let's can we talk about a couple of those conversations? Because I think it's really important for people to also understand that in a sense, and then what you and Fabian talked about. Because obviously, with him coming up in Brooklyn around, you know, people, right, they're comfortable with him saying it. It's one of those things to where you don't know what that word means to somebody, so you should never make an assumption that they're okay with you calling them anything. And that's for any word derogatory right it doesn't have to be any questionable word at that so is that some of the discussions that you had to teach him and to say hey don't, like just because this is what you're cool with and maybe 80 percent of your world is okay with this you still don't know the impact that that word has had on people and how they accept it so was that like a major talking point with him that was that was the major talking point um you know it, it's in, it's in music it's in uh people's culture i'm i'm even though I'm 39, maybe I consider myself a little bit old school. If I hear, I hear people from different cultures saying it to other African Americans, and I'm like, did that just happen? And they seem open to that. Um, I'm, I consider myself a little bit different than that. It, it still it rubs me the wrong way. It brings out emotion in me, uh, and I, that's exactly what I told them. I said um, to put myself in the Tiba Harris' shoes. You're not, you're not, a, you're not his friend. You're in competition. So there's no, you cannot defend the context of what you say it because the person that received the information or that word, he has the right to to determine how you use it, and that's and that's when you, that's why you shouldn't use it because you put yourself in a situation uh, that could bring out uh, the emotion or, or a negative connotation, uh, and it's once it leaves your mouth, it's up to the receiver. Um, so that's that was a that was a. I would say a, a major part. I think the first part was probably um, the Instagram thing and saying it's, it's not a moment to defend yourself. Um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a moment to let's let's learn, let, listen. You know, so this is how I feel when I see you uh, put up uh, an Instagram post and, and 
be defensive. This is what would trigger me to have these sort of emotions. And then we had we would just have conversations about that. Um, and then we started to discuss that word and, and what it means to a lot of people and how sensitive it is and how, hey, some people might be very comfortable with it, but it, it can't be comfortable for you because when you when it when in the wrong situation, someone's going to be offended. So you just have to take that out of your vocabulary. Is that the kind of thing where you just have to know where you are? Is it is it because it's a soccer team and it's a business? You know, he, he's going to work every day and that's part of his job. Is that part of it? Is it just culture in general? Because um, one video I saw when um, it was one of my favorite videos I've seen in this time is um, it was a, an African American talking about all the things that African Americans might feel in this time. Um, and one of them that I thought was interesting was he was he said that. Um, uh, that they might feel that they should be able to use that word, that it's yet another thing that someone is going to tell them that they can or can't do. You know what I mean? And so I imagine that's a feeling um, that a lot of your players may even have, um, but then he- here they are in a place where they're not allowed to do that, rightfully so, like you've laid out. Is there is there a pull there in both directions? I mean, for me, it's um, it shouldn't be used. And I know, uh, even if we say African Americans use it toward each other, as you know, as as a term of endearment or, what, or however you want to say it, um, it, it hasn't taken the power out of that word. It, it has not. Even, yeah. And, and I, I don't. I'm not sure how that became um, normal, um, but it, it hasn't taken the sting out of it when someone from a different ethnicity uses it. You know. So to me, professionally speaking. Uh, you cannot be in a professional environment and use that word. Mm. You can't, you know, even me, if I wanted to use it, I can't, you know, it's just, it's not professional. Uh, it's not, there's no, to me, there's no environment that, that it should be used, but um, we're not in any professional environment where um, people, uh, you leave yourself open to interpretation or what connotation you're using it. There's no, no place for it in a professional environment. We brought up his Instagram post, and one of the things I wanted to ask about is when that came out, you obviously had teammates defending him. And like you said, the first thing you want to do is defend someone, especially if you feel you know their character and you know that they're being called things that you don't believe is a part of their character. But that's also not necessarily the right thing to do. So is this was this an opportunity for you to, to talk within, you know, not just Fabian, but the whole team and kind of have that conversation about, hey, regardless of what you think of Fabian's character, what he did is wrong. And this is why you shouldn't jump and defend him. And this is why it was wrong. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that conversation from that perspective. But, you know, some players have come to me uh, and we had a discussion. And, you know, I did say, hey, Hey, um, in, in your own environment, I mean, are you comfortable, um, you know, with someone using that? And they could say yes or no. Some, some, some are yes and some are no. And I just relayed that message that not everyone can be comfortable in that, you know, with that word. So, yeah, to me, you shouldn't you shouldn't let anyone create a habit or let it go because they need to be warned that hey, this can come back. And it, it could defend someone, and what that, what the power of that word, can it can mean to someone else, and and then the result, what it can mean, how detrimental it could be to your life if you use it. Uh, so that that's more the the conversation and the tone that I had with uh, players of African American or African descent is 
um, you know, in the environment. It's up to you guys if you want to be comfortable with that or maybe have friends, but you, you should educate them also about, you know, um, the consequences. I have a legal, more of a legalistic type question. Um, in the past, I know of an incident. I, I don't think it was public, but um, a red card was given for the use of that word. And so um, I think it was used once. There was no warning. It was just a straight red for using that word. Um, a black man used it on another black man. And so um, do you think that's right? Do you think a red, it should just be a straight red? And I'm curious if maybe all clubs should see it as that's a straight red and warn their players that it should just never be used, even even if it is to win a game. Like, just don't use it because it is going to be a straight red. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, that, that situation, I, I didn't really, I haven't heard about. But my immediate reaction is, yeah, that's, if, if, we're, want, if we're wanting to stamp these things out, if we want to get rid of these things, uh, then we all, we also have to hold ourselves accountable to a standard that uh, we want to live by. So that's that to me, it's a red card. Uh, and I I appreciate you you know mentoring Fabian and educating him on this. And like you said, your first reaction is to just be done with it, and that would be mine too. I as a black man have have the patience anymore to educate folks and mentor folks i'm just tired so i applaud you for it but one of the yeah. things i wanted to ask you about was you already had a close relationship with this player right this was somebody that you knew and kind of knew the character and like you said when you heard it with him you were taken aback had this been someone that you weren't necessarily close with do you think that you would be going through the same experience and is that something that you have noticed throughout this time and thinking hey is this something that I would do for somebody that I wasn't so close with? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. I, I would say, and, and just in response to what you said about being tired, uh, I've said this in other situations also. Um, during this whole time, the, the, the two or three, four incidents that have occurred even since during the pandemic, uh, it, it was heavy, you know, and it weighed on me a lot. Um, and I didn't even have an outlet with soccer to to get out that aggression or my passion or my joy so i was i was holed up and i was thinking about soccer but all these other things were weighing on me even heavily uh than soccer so i it was a big struggle for me um actually the protest started happening in tulsa and i couldn't even find a way to get myself to them early on and then you know some of my friends and family they they know that it means a lot to me and uh convinced me to go out and and I mean, it was so uplifting to see not only black people, white, Hispanic, Asian, all types. I saw all types at the Tulsa protest. And to be fair, I, I even seen majority of, uh, of non-black at the protest. And that was so uplifting for me. So my immediate answer is, if I didn't know someone, uh, I could have had a bad reaction. But what I've seen lately and the, and the momentum that I've seen I think I'm, I'm definitely um, I'm definitely more open to a conversation because, man, there's a lot of problems. I mean, how many solutions are there? It seems like there's so many problems, and and we just we just we just draw a line and say, you know what? I'm tired of it, you know. But I look at my situation, even your your situation, being African American or young African Americans in the United States, uh, people sacrifice a lot more, a lot more than I did or you did. Uh, to get us to this point. And I think it's up to us. We can't be tired. We, we have to be motivated. 
and try to help educate because if if other people were tired I w- we wouldn't have been I, I wouldn't be on this phone call having this situation things wouldn't have changed so drastically we're in the positions that we're in because people sacrificed a lot so even though I'm tired and, and I hate hearing these things and it weighs on me heavily uh, I have to do my part I have to I have to go to protest and, and yes I have to educate uh, people that maybe think differently than me um, some will I always feel like I have that time no maybe sometimes I'll be on the short views but when I can when I have an opportunity to reflect and think about it um, my first reaction is pause listen if I have time if, if they're open to having the conversation I can engage if I can tell that there's a wall up no need you know no we no need but um, but I think it's better at this time if we can have more solutions than, than adding adding more to the problem from the outside looking in, um, it, it it's really great that if, if this were to happen this way, that it's happening with you and Fabian, because you know you talked about your track record with working in Tulsa with Black Lives Matter, and you're you're the only black head coach in the USL, and um, I don't know how many are on staff. So basically, in my outside opinion, it seems like this was the the best case scenario if we were to bring someone back in this situation that you know we're talking to you now and we're trying to gain trust that this is the right thing to do but um do you have advice for other clubs i mean this is not the first time this has happened for sure it very well could happen again we have a long way to go to beat this thing but what if it's a what if it's a white coach with no African-Americans on their yeah. staff and do you have advice for the coaches, the staff, the owners, the players uh, of some, th- someone yeah. that might happen in the future? Yeah. Um, just, just to go back for a second. I, I mean, I asked myself, why me? You know, how can, <laughs> a, how can a black coach, one of my players be accused of this? And um, the correct answer was, you're right. That I'm the most prepared to deal with it because I'm the only African-American coach. And it was, and, and the way I look at it, it was supposed to happen to me because uh, I can deal with it better than anyone. You know, so I took that as a responsibility and to handle it the right way because I'm sure eyes will be on it and how it's managed. And this is the way I feel people should go about it. Um, on the opposite side of that, I, I'm not sure I can put my, man, my, um, my, my feet in the, in, the, in the shoes of a, of a non-African-American man about how they can handle it. I mean, uh, I think the, the most important thing is is, is to be open and listen and you know and, and to go with your instinct um, as to, to be maybe a white coach in the situation is hopefully have hopefully have staff and, and if you don't hopefully have relationships and and have a, a round table or at least a network of people that uh, of African American descent that you can speak to uh, and I, and I think the more conversation is happening um, the actual I, I mean things get fixed or they improve. Um, you know, that would be interesting. I, I see, you know, typically it's going to be, I can't handle this. I, I have to defer to someone else or boom, it has to be wiped, wiped away. I, I know some guys, I've heard of situations where guys have kind of swept it under the rug and try to hide it. Um, I don't think that's a solution. I think it, it, it'll always have to be addressed. Um, the best thing to do is to be honest about it and um, let the steps or let it take its course. You had mentioned earlier that you wish you could have sat down with the Tiba and Fabian and talked it out. Um, 
you know, now that it's been over a year and, you know, Fabian has grown and you've educated him, has there been any personal reach out to Atiba to see if he's willing to discuss and, you know, have that conversation with Fabian or allow Fabian to apologize personally? One thing I heard from uh, Atiba's side is, um, I mean, he, he definitely did, he didn't want to be the poster boy of the player that got racially abused in the USL. Um, so I, I think I'm not sure why, you know, if he was asked to make a statement or not. I'm not sure what happened on the Oklahoma City side. Uh, but or maybe they just felt like that was the best way, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like to me it just he, he wanted to, to be resolved and to move on. Um, I'm, I'll always be open to not only Atiba, uh, any any player or any coach uh, that needs advice in that situation. Uh, I'm I'm no expert, but I I have some recent experience uh, to be honest. But uh, if I could be of any help to anyone and that it's in that situation, I hope that people feel comfortable that they can reach out to me. Closest thing to an expert we got at this point now. <laughs> Not something you volunteered for either. Um, perhaps uh, a good idea might also be that people should hire more African Americans in U.S. soccer. What do you think? There you go. There you go. <laughs> what, 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 a, what an idea. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts, Jason? Any other questions? No, I I was just about to say that. I think it's one of the things is you can't change a culture that is discriminatory or you know marginalizing a culture without including those people and so i think the first step in that uh, i like i said i admire uh michael for you know educating people and having the patience and the heart to do that because it takes a lot and so i think a way of helping with that is so that he doesn't feel alone in this fight is for usl and for american soccer in general to start hiring more black players more black staff more black coaches uh former players to come on you know that have experienced this they know what these players are going through they know how to talk to them and so i i think that's you know one of the main ways for us to actually change this culture as opposed to just continuously talking about it but not necessarily seeing any progress yeah uh if i can if i can jump on that i'll, I'll say first of all i'm uh i'm blessed i'm thankful to be in the position that i am to be a head coach uh I, I hope in the future that there'll be more like me, uh, even at a higher level or, you know, just, just more. The, you, in U.S. soccer, something that's been stated for a long time, even when I was a player, is that we want more African-Americans to join the game. Um, it, it's difficult when you don't see anyone that looks like you. You know, I mean, it's difficult for me uh, to coach. I, to have, there's no mentors, you know, in terms of uh, who, who, who can I talk to in these situations and things like that. So, the more opportunities there are uh, to get coaches in, if America, if we're serious about bringing more minorities into the game, they, people need to they need to see people that look like them, that reflect and understand um, potentially where they come from and um, some similar adversities that they go through. So uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing more uh, coaches or more players going into coaching uh, in the future. Definitely. Any last thoughts? Anything you want to say before we go? No, I, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys, uh, honestly, for, for giving me uh, a platform to discuss these things. Um, it's definitely not an easy topic, but uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm coming more comfortable with it, uh, and that's taken a while. That's, <laughs> the patience that you're seeing is not something that uh, <laughs> happened overnight. It's been 
39 years of uh, enduring and, and seeing a lot of adversity. I, I mean, I grew up on Greenwood. That's where I'm born and raised on that street. So I'm, I'm someone that's privy to a lot of the information that happened on Black the, the, the massacre that, ha, that happened in Tulsa in 1921. I'm very familiar with it. It's, a, I, it's part of my, my legacy growing up. So I do have a sense of pride uh, on, on these matters, but you know, I'm trying to do the best I can to, to have more solutions than to be angry. Well, I appreciate all your work. Um, it wasn't easy to come on a podcast and answer these hard questions. Again, I really appreciate that. And um, I think, you know, the best thing that can come out of this is people educating themselves and learning more. I know I have today for sure. And so uh, thank you again for joining us. And, uh, you know, last time we talked, we talked about all the new toys you have to play with this year. Uh, FC Tulsa, I'm one of the teams I'm most excited to see going forward with all the new players, the new look, the new roster, the new logo, everything. How are you guys going to look this weekend? Uh, we're feeling very positive. Obviously, uh, coming off Sacramento in the way draw, uh, you don't have to go back too far to see uh, the results against Sacramento last year. And that, that was our first step. Uh, we feel like we can do uh, much more even. So we're excited to get on the field and show on ESPN what we're capable of against against the rival. So it's FC Tulsa versus Energy, and we want to be – we want to start um, that, that rivalry one-up. No kidding. It's always a good one. Thanks again for joining us, and good luck this weekend, Coach. I right, appreciate it. Thank you, guys.